Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to establishedinthefaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into the program now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 1, and we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. weeks we've been studying in the 18th chapter of the book of Revelation, and we've been studying about the destruction of the city of Babylon, and in all of that we've seen where the people of this world are weeping and wailing and mourning over the great loss of that city, but in Revelation 18 and verse 20, the Bible says, Rejoice over her, thou heaven. And ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. Tonight we're going to pick it up in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 1. And this first verse of Revelation chapter 19 is the response to the orders that were given there in Revelation 18 and verse 20. And Revelation 19 and verse 1 says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Hallelujah with an A and hallelujah with an H is the same thing. It means the same thing. It means praise the Lord. And... It's used four times in this chapter. You see it there in verse 1, verse 3, verse 4, as well as verse 6. And it's nowhere else to be found in the New Testament. And it's mostly used in the Psalms. Fifteen of the Psalms begin or end with, Praise the Lord or hallelujah. Now I want to deal first of all with the first part of this verse. Hallelujah. Salvation. Salvation unto the Lord our God. Now understand something tonight. It's not the Lord that needs salvation. It's you and I that needs the salvation. And Haven, if you will, go to First Peter chapter 1. And you can look that up in your Bibles as well. First Peter chapter 1. Move down, if you will, to verse 18. Salvation came from God even before the foundation of the world. And in First Peter chapter 1 verse 18, the Bible says, For as much as you know that you will not redeem with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation. Now, the word conversation there just simply means your old sinful lifestyle, what you used to be 
uh, before you got saved. Received by tradition from your fathers. That means it's passed down from generation to generation. But with the precious blood of Christ, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, that speaks of the Old Testament sacrificial system, who verily was foreordained, and here you have it, before the foundation of the world. That means that before God created this world, he knew he would create man. He knew man would fall and that man would need a redeemer. And in the mind of God, it was decided before the foundation of the world that Jesus would become a man and come into this world and die on the cross to save mankind. It's hard for our minds to wrap around that. But that's exactly what this verse is talking about. But it was manifest in these last times for you. In other words, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, like I said, it's not the Lord that needed the salvation. It's you and I that needed the salvation. And the salvation came from God even before the foundation of the world. Now, these people in heaven... I should say, we, (laughs) we are them people. We are them folk. One day you're going to be in that crowd of people saying hallelujah, salvation. If it weren't for what Jesus did, you wouldn't be standing there. Yet right now you're reading what you're going to be doing in the not too distant future, by the way. You're going to be in that large group of people one day. And they're saying, or we're going to be saying, glory and honor unto the Lord. In other words, that's just simply recognizing the Lord uh, for what he has done on our behalf. And uh, we're looking at Revelation 19 and verse 1 again. Yes, okay. And... The latter part of that verse says, And power unto the Lord our God. Now, my question is this. How can you give more power to someone that's already all-powerful, that's that's, uh, omnipotent, that's already got all the power? So how can he get or receive more power? He can't. So exactly what does this verse mean? Just as salvation came from the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit to live as we ought to live came from God as well. That's the power that's being spoken of there um, in that verse. All right, let's look at verse 2, Revelation 19 and verse 2. For true and righteous are his judgments. No man or spirit being who has ever experienced God's judgment can say otherwise. God has always tempered his judgments with mercy, even with the tribulation judgments that we have seen and looked at. God has already warned us in his word what he's going to do. If you do this, then I'm going to do this. So there's your warning. Even 
to such an extent during the tribulation period, one of the trumpet judgments. Uh, we see an angel flying through the heavens, proclaiming and warning man that if he takes the mark of the beast, he will lose his soul. And yet, in spite of all of that, man won't believe it, and there are those that go ahead and take the mark anyway. God's going to judge them folks. And think about it for a moment. If God didn't do what he said he was going to do, then he ain't true and he ain't righteous. So in order to be who he says he is, God, true righteousness, holiness, then he has to perform and do that which he says he's going to do. And if God says he's going to do it, then you can take that check to the bank. All right, let's look at the second part of verse 2, Revelation 19, verse 2. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Um, the great whore, as we have looked at, is how God sees the false religions of this world. And those who place their faith in a false way or a false religion is committing spiritual fornication. Now, religion, listen to what I'm going to tell you now. Religion has sent more people to hell than anything else. Now, did you understand what I said? Religion has sent more people to hell than anything else. A false way. People who think they're saved by doing certain things or doing whatever the case. They believe in the Quran or they do this, that, or the other. If it's not Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross, then the sin remains. That sin has not been covered. And that person, whomever they may be, is going to have to pay the price. And on top of that, religion has persecuted and has killed more of God's people than anything else. And because of that, God has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. All right, let's look at verse 3. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. The first hallelujah found in the Bible is Psalm 104, 35. Psalm 104, verse 35. And it says, Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, again, is hallelujah. What we've been studying now for the past several weeks is the fulfillment of this verse I've just read to you. Now, the last hallelujah in the Bible is Revelation 19, verse 6. Flip back over there. It's in the latter part of verse 6. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. 
when all the sin, evil, and wickedness has been judged in this world, the Lord is going to set up his kingdom, and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And praise God, I'm looking forward to that day. All right, let's move back up to verse 4, Revelation 19 and verse 4. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. The twenty-four elders represents every saint of God that has ever lived. And the four beasts represents all of creation. So in essence, what we have here is everything that has breath is praising the Lord. And again, hallelujah means praise the Lord. Now, let's look at verse 5 for a minute. I'm going to say some things now that are a little negative. But I think it needs to be said. A voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. In that multitude of people, there's going to be some Baptist folks there that ain't praising God like they ought to. I know that hits hard. There's going to be some Methodist folks there, some Presbyterian folks there that ain't praising God as they ought to. And this voice <laughs> comes out of the throne. We don't know who it is. And the command is, you folks need to praise the Lord. Pretty much. I don't know. All right, let's move on. Verse 6. <laughs> and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I'm going to tell you something. Heaven is going to be a loud place. I mean, you think about every single person that has ever been saved since the dawn of time. They're around the throne of God, lifting their voices and praising God. That's going to be a noisy place. God's going to have to take some people and put them in an orientation class outside the gate to teach them what's going on inside before he lets them in. Some of them, he's going to have to teach them how to praise the Lord. And uh, again, let me move on. Verse 7. Revelation 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. This is going to take place in heaven immediately before the second coming. Now, there are some who say that the wife is the New Testament church only. But if you look there in this verse, we see the word lamb. The marriage of the lamb is come. Uh, the word lamb is a Jewish term. So the wife is going to incorporate every believer, both Old Testament Jews and the New Testament church as well. Everybody. Now, all 
both Old Testament and New Testament saints are saved by faith. The Old Testament saints look forward to Jesus coming. The New Testament church, by faith, looks back at what Jesus has come and already done. But it's all by faith. Now, he said here, and his wife has made herself ready. We need to be ready, folks. Now, the question is this. What do you have to do to be ready? Every single one of us in here want to be ready. So what do you have to do? All right? I think one verse that sums it up, if I could pick one verse to answer that for you, is found in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 1. Verse 7, and the Bible says, But if you walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And let me say this, you're either saved or you ain't. There ain't no halfway salvation. I'm a little bit saved or halfway saved. and Well, let's turn it around and put it this way. There ain't no such thing as someone being more saved than anybody else. Okay? Now, we may have some people that have grown and matured a lot more in the things of the Lord than others. But every single one of us are on the same level as it pertains to our salvation. It's all by faith. And we need to establish our relationship with the Lord. He said, have fellowship one with another. That's the relationship that each one of us should have with the Lord. And we grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. But as we have that fellowship with Him, then it's His blood that washes us and cleanses us from all sin. All right, let's take a look at the garments that we'll be wearing. Revelation 19, verse 8. Revelation 19, verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. All right. In the Bible, sin is referred to as spiritual nudity or nakedness. Let me say that again. In the Bible, sin is often referred to as spiritual nudity or being naked. And righteousness and salvation is spoken of as having on a garment, being covered. The fine linen that we're talking about here is symbolic. So, our covering is not going to be a material garment of some kind when we get to heaven one day, as you normally would think of such, because all of us at that time are going to have glorified bodies. Um, go to Psalm 104. Let's look at some scriptures here. 
What exactly will this garment be that we'll be wearing? Psalm 104, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who coverest thyself with light as with a garment. There's a key right there. Who covers thyself with light as with a garment. Originally, man was made in the image and the likeness of God. So it stands to reason if God was clothed in a garment of light and man was made in the image and the likeness of God, originally man was also covered in light as well. And of course, you know, when they partook of the fruit in the garden, what was the first thing they noticed? Their nakedness. And they went over there and got some fig leaves and tried to cover themselves. So you see there how sin and nakedness go together. All right. Go to Psalm 17. Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. David said, when I awake. That's talking about the resurrection. The rapture. He said, when I awake, I will awake in thy likeness. That's the glorified state or the glorified body. Then all of us are going to be in that when that happens. Go to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine, notice the terminology, they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Again, we're going to shine as the brightness of the firmament. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 43. We've looked at this verse before. Matthew 13, 43. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, in them which do iniquity. That's the gathering together of all the armies of the world that have sided with the Antichrist. He gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Okay? 
He shall gather all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of the teeth. Notice the next phrase there. Then shall the righteous, that's you and I, shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17, verse 1. Upon the Mount of Transfiguration. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. Notice that. All right, go to First John chapter 3. 1 John, chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, when he shall appear at the rapture, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he, in other words, talking about Christ, is pure. So the garment, that wedding garment that will be given to us at that day, is not a garment like you and I normally think of such but it's going to be a garment of light, glorious light, a light that's actually coming from the inside, if you will, just as Christ standing on the Mount of Transfiguration that day, that which was on the inside of him just came out. And they were able to see who he really was. And you and I are going to be shining just like that. In that glorified body. It's a lot to think about, ain't it? Shining as the sun one day. All right, let's go back to Revelation 19 and verse 9. Revelation 19, verse 9. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. That ought to make some of you shout right there. Supper. <laughs> Marriage supper of the Lamb. We're talking about one of the greatest meals that's ever been in all of history. You're, we're talking about every single saint of God. Every person who ever exhibited faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. We're talking about a lot of people, folks. Think about the size of that table. Yeah, homecoming. 
the biggest homecoming this world has ever known. I wonder what's going to be on that table. Mm. And just think, there's not going to be any limitations there. I mean, we're limited with a physical body here. But when you get there, and Brother Danny, you ain't got to worry about whether the inspection. I can go ahead and tell you that inspection is great. Everything is going to be good there. But we're talking about the greatest feast the world has ever known. That ought to make a lot of people happy. I'm happy. Big old steak laying. Okay, let's move on. These are the true sayings of God. In other words, what the Holy Spirit is saying here, all of us in this life are going to go through trials and tribulations. Some of us go through some things or are going through some things right now that's negative. The outcome of it is not going to be very great. But there's coming a day. If you'll keep the faith, if you'll hold to that nail-scarred hand, one day you will sit down at that table with a glorified body, and it's going to be worth it all. Amen? All right. Verse 10, Revelation 19 and verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now the one to whom John was speaking to here, or the one that was speaking to John, was a man. And John didn't know it was a man. He thought it was God. That goes right back to what we were just saying. We don't know what we'll be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. This man with a glorified body was so close to the Lord Jesus Christ, John mistook him for being the Lord and bowed down at his feet to worship him. And he says, see that you do it not. I wonder today how many think they are worshiping God. But when you get right down to it, they're really worshiping a man or something that is of man. They're worshiping or following a denomination. Or they're worshiping or following a particular church or particular doctrine. Whatever it is that we're worshiping or following, it needs to remind us that it is God alone who is to be worshiped and followed. And... Whoever it is that we're following needs to have the testimony of Jesus. And what is the testimony of Jesus? The latter part of that verse talks about the testimony of Jesus. 
and the spirit of prophecy. The story of the Bible is the story of Jesus. Jesus means Savior. He's the Savior because He died on Calvary's cross and was raised from the dead the third day. It was prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus was coming. The New Testament is the fulfillment of the one who came, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to keep us ever mindful of that. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. program today has been a blessing to you we hope and pray that you'll share it with others this podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab all donations are safe and secure through paypal we look forward to hearing from you